Hi, this is Laura with the trigger warnings for this episode. We are putting warnings on this one for discussions of miscarriage, sexual assault, and violence against women. So please take care of yourselves and enjoy this episode. Pontius Pilati, God will not let you wash your hands of this. Hey, look, it's, hey, a, look, butterfly. it's a butterfly. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So my um, left ribs are in pain because I was like, two weeks ago, I was just coughing, coughing, coughing. I, it wasn't COVID. It was just some other sickness. And yeah. I like pulled an ab or something. So I kind of knew it was like sore. But then yesterday I was just walking about trying to do some errands and it like spasmed and I like threw up my back oh. and my ribs. So that's oh my what I'm gosh. dealing with today. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, you're like, I coughed too hard and my back exploded. Exactly. I just look at What are you going to do? It's a living. Yeah, what about you? How are you doing? How are your ribs? My ribs are fine. Um, just a little uh, pre-advanced warning, whatever that's called. Uh, I will be eating today during this recording, so you will get a lot of mouth sounds from me. Oh, I'm also I'm, I'm eating right now. Om nom nom. <laughs> nom 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 nom. You're gonna get a lot of carrot sounds. I have cookies in front of me. Oh wow. I have a scone, which isn't known to be very loud, but you know, this mic who it's knows what's going on. It's the scone you've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, it's actually so It's a crinkle scone. Uh other than that, I'm good. Um I'm not gonna lie, when I was like preparing for this podcast, I was like Oh no, did we did we get off by a month? Because the book that we're reading, I was like, this is prime spooky it October is, reading. Kind of. And yet we have something else in store. So I was like, okay, no, we're like once I checked the schedule, I was like, no no no, we're on track. We're just reading this book. We're doing a pre spook before our true spook. A true spook, yeah. I will I will say that yeah, it is a pretty good fall season book. Do you have like I have fall season T V shows. One which is Over the Garden Wall. And then um, mm. I have a summer TV show, which is Gravity Falls. And I'm co- continually on a search for winter and spring TV shows as well. Do you have any of the, of the above? Um, I guess in my head I would say like Gilmore Girls, even though it covers pretty much every season. Yeah. Uh, I attribute it to fall, but I haven't, honestly, I haven't watched that in a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, winter shows and summer shows. Spring. Spring. Also. Any show that isn't fall. Yeah. Any season that's not fall. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. I think I just watch what I want when I want. Okay. Oh, right. Wow. Um, yeah. Actually, my spring movie would be Rise of the Guardians, um, the one with, like, Jack Frost and stuff, because technically that takes place on Easter. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. My spring movie would be Mean Girls. Ooh, that's a good one. Even though I just watched it like twice, once during the summer and once mm. during the fall. Doesn't matter so when you watch it. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, um, we talked a lot about what this book um, evokes and not what it is called. Yeah. Well, which would be The Crucible by Arthur Miller, written in uh, 19... 1953. Ah! Wow, we're so Woo! on it. Whoa. <laughs> and it is a story based off the. McCarthyism trials. 
Oh, you took my book fact. No, I was going to say but, the story. Oh, Salem Witch Salem. Trials. Yep, which took place during. I don't know, Puritanism time? I only, I only know because I'm looking at the Wikipedia right now. It's uh, God. 1692 to uh, 1693, so one year. One year. <laughs> A whole year. A pure t- oh, okay. I will say one thing I am excited about with this book. I have a meme that I reference all the time. Obviously not on the pod, but in my daily life. Oh. Which is that one where it's um the Wolf on Wall Street meme of Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And he's like sitting in a chair and then he points and he's like, which? Because <laughs> it's so relevant because, you know. On many levels. Yeah. It's uh, witches and uh my book back we're gonna skip a couple things around because you already took my book back but this book is an allegory for mccarthyism which was all about like accusing your neighbors and just being like me you're a commie you're a communist yeah arthur miller the playwright was like well what if i turn that into what (laughs) if i also took another real event and i just like blah 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 Mm -hmm. and that kind of confused me because at first i was like wait a minute I was like that dumb bitch who was like, wait a minute, are the Salem witch trials real? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm also the same person who's questioning whether that Titanic is real. Like, <laughs> no, no, no. It's just a fictionalized version of a real event. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to stop there and ask you if you have an author fact for us. Yeah, I got one. Um, he has a, a very, very long like writing history. Like, he was kind of launched and established as a playwright when he won a freaking Tony. 1947 is when he won the Tony. He won a million billion other um, awards after that as well. But the fact that I'm focusing on is that he married four times, uh, one of which was to Marilyn Monroe. Um, Good for her. And, and him. Yeah. So his, like, his last wife, he was 89. He said that he had been in love with a 34-year-old painter uh, and that they were going to get married. Um so that is also a theme you will see in this book. Well, you know what that reminds me of? What? Not to get too pop culture on us. Yeah. But uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Uh, at the time that we are recording this, just a few days ago, he was blown up on Twitter. Yeah. About getting roasted because I think, yeah, his latest ex just turned 25. Oh, my God. So all the jokes are just like, much like my healthcare plan for my dental oh my insurance on my parents yeah once i turn 25 no longer supported no longer with me 26 yeah but for, i'm eating the scone now yeah but for the purposes of this all right all right, all right joke right. we'll say it's 25 or much like when um in that one ya series when you turned 15 you like disappear off your little island <laughs> or much like when you're harry potter and you turn 11 a giant and, comes knocking at your door. Yeah, it the, tells you you're a lizard. Yeah. And that's a euphemism for Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. And McCarthyism. And the crucible. Anyway, so, um, yeah, we can put Miller and DiCaprio in the same category, basically. Yeah. And also, he DiCaprio's the one in the meme about being a witch. Yes. So yes. It's all actually, it's all Leo. It's all Leo. Don't say that, because then... Oops. Aren't you a Leo, Laura? Hey, get away from me. All right, all right, all right. Okay, so, what the frick is this book about? Um, oh, right. I totally oh, forgot yeah. about this part. Okay. Totally. Uh, mm, okay, I will pause my munching 
so I can read you the Goodreads blurb about mm -hmm. The Crucible by Arthur Miller. <clears throat> also, wait, pause. Let me clear my throat with a sip of coffee. Mm. Cleanse the palate. <clears throat> okay. The Crucible by Arthur Miller. Quote, I believe that the reader will discover here the essential nature of one of the strangest and most awful chapters in human history. End quote. Arthur Miller wrote of his classic play about the witch hunts and trials in, a, in 17th century Salem, Massachusetts. Based on historical people and real events, Miller's drama is a searing portrait of a community engulfed by hysteria. In the rigid theocracy of Salem, rumors that women are practicing witchcraft galvanize the town's most basic fears and suspicions. And when a young girl accuses Elizabeth Proctor of being a witch, self-righteous church leaders and townspeople insist that Elizabeth be brought to trial. The ruthlessness of the Proctors and the eagerness of neighbor to testify against neighbor brightly, nope, brilliantly illuminates the destructive power of socially sanctioned violence. And blurb. I mean, there's technically more if you go on the Goodreads, but I'm pretty sure that's part of the back cover, so I'm yeah. not gonna... All right, but... So, if I were to put this in my own words, it's gonna be pretty confusing already. Um, Great. It's kind of a confusing story. All right, so there's old, this is a very short play. There's only four acts. Act one, um, we open on the Paris house. So there's Mr. Paris, he's the reverend. Um, his daughter Betty has fallen ill, like she's kind of just like catatonic or comatose, or I don't really know what you'd say, but she's just, she's unconscious. Um, <laughs> she and her cousin Abby, who's, Abby's an orphan, um, were found with other girls in the town, all like dancing around at night, and that's pretty scandalous and pretty weird. Um, and so, but then like Betty fell ill after that. So Reverend Paris is like, what are you to do? Abby's like, we were just dancing. Um, and then, like, more people in the town show up because, like, other kids are acting weird, too. Um, but, um, and then John Proctor shows up, and the others go out for some reason, and John Proctor and Abby are left alone. It's revealed that Abby used to be, like, work in John Proctor's house as, like, the servant and stuff. But he, and she's 17, he slept with her. His wife found out, she kicked her out, so Abby's mad. Um, John's like, I don't love you. Abby's like, yes, you do. And he's like, no, I don't. Wink. Um, and Abby's like, ah! And then um, Betty comes to, and she starts screaming, and there's a lot of hullabaloo because the entire town is inside this bedroom now. Um, they're the Putnams, who um, are kind of, like, portrayed as, like, really greedy, land-grabbing people who like everything to be about them. Um, uh, and then, uh, what else? There is Giles Corey, who's, like, a really strong 89-year-old man or something like that, who's, uh, who's got the jokes. Um, there's mm. Goody Nurse, Rebecca Nurse, who's super old and like super wise and everybody respects her, but they also kind of hate her secretly. <laughs> Basically, there's all of these like little, uh, little, um, what do you call them? Little tussles that they have in secret and they all secretly hate each other, basically. Um, and then another reverend comes in, Reverend Hale, and he's like, yep, I'm here to determine if, the, if this is the devil's work. Um, it's all very confusing, and they all go back. There were a lot forth. of characters. There's a lot of care again. Everybody's in, everybody in town is in this room, um, <laughs> and then like I don't know. Like there's um then there's also Tichipa who was a slave and she was involved in the dancing at night. So then Abby throws her under the bus and says that oh Tichipa was doing these rituals. She was trying to summon ghosts. She was trying to summon Goody Putnam's like dead babies because she's had miscarriages. And then they really put the pressure on her. There's a lot of yelling. Tichipa then. Like, does say, like, oh, yeah, it was me. It was the devil. And then 
um, Abby kind of joins in and is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I saw all these, I saw Sarah Osborne with the devil. I saw blah, blah, blah with the devil. Betty wakes up and she starts yelling too. It's just yelling from beginning to end, but basically yeah. they're throwing everybody under the bus now. And that's the end of act one. Um, Beautiful. Pretty much. Okay, so act two goes back to the Proctor's house. So this is John, his wife, Elizabeth. Reminder, um, John slept with Abby. Again, a 17-year-old. And um, Elizabeth found out. So there's, like, a lot of tension between them because, like, um, he's like, you forgot my cider. And she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I should have remembered your cider. And it's like, shut up, John. Um, And they get into a tussle because he's like, you haven't forgiven me. And she's like, you still love her. And, like, blah, blah, blah. I don't know. It's just a lot of craziness. Basically, I blame John. Um, yeah, he's and, like, why won't you let it go? And it's like, bro, he's like, learn says, charity. Says woman. the abuser. Yeah, says the abuser. He's like, you should learn charity. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> he's like, what have I? I've done enough, haven't I? <laughs> uh. Oh my god. Um, and then so like, there's listen again. Once again, a lot of stuff happens. Um, first of all, their servant, their new servant girl, uh, Mary Warren, comes home. She's acting kind of weird. She gives Elizabeth a little poppet that she made at court. Because um, they've learned that, like, so the, all of the girls that were involved in the dancing have been, like, like running around throwing suspicion at everybody. Like, they fall and, like, they convulse and stuff to, like, um, say that person's a witch. And so 40 people at this point have been arrested because um, they're they're taking their word for it. Um, mm-hmm. So Mary's like, I'm an official of the court. Like, you can't boss me around anymore. And they're like, yes, I can, with physical violence. Um, <laughs> it's very concerning. Um, and then she reveals that that day, Elizabeth was accused of witchery. And they're like, I wonder who? It's Abby. And then, like, Reverend Hale shows up. And he and John have a weird conversation. Because Reverend Hale is, like, trying to quiz them. And, like, why didn't you go to church? Like, why isn't your third son baptized? And their answer for every single one of them is that they hate Reverend Paris. <laughs> um, they're just like, they we have, just didn't trust that guy. He's a he's a bitch. Um, yeah. Is what they say. And then um, <laughs> it's funny because Reverend Hale is like, okay, what are your Ten Commandments? And John lists all of them mm-hmm. except for adultery. <laughs> He's like, I, I, I don't remember that one being in there. I, huh. I thought uh, huh. I thought a- that one was okay to break. And is, is that what a hard rule is? That, are we feeling really, really uh, certain about that? Um, and then the town jailers, <laughs> I don't know who they are. They just show up and they're like, all right, Elizabeth, we got to take you away in chains. And then there's a lot more yelling because um, John's like, you're not taking my wife. They explain that Abby that day, like, fell to the ground, had a needle sticking out of her stomach, which, like, tetanus, you know? Um, <laughs> and, like, yikes. And she says that it was Elizabeth's spirit. And then they, like, search the house and they find the poppet that Mary gave to Elizabeth. And she tells them, yes, I gave that to Elizabeth. But Abby saw me stick it in. But they're like, nope, this is it. That's proof enough for us. Elizabeth stabbed Abby. So they take her away and... Um, John, again, threatens Mary with physical violence to make her, like, um, turn in the other girls. And she's, like, yelling and she's crying. And that's the end of Act 2. <laughs> okay, so Act 3. So John, Giles, and Rebecca Nurse's husband, Francis, um, they show up to the courthouse. There's many, many people involved in this court. There's, like, the magistrate and the judge and Paris. All the everyday. People are, like, confessing. People are being accused. You know, like, um, mm-hmm. stuff is happening. And then Proctor... Giles and Francis show up uh, with their little like papers. Um, so Francis like says, "Oh, I have this petition of like 91 people in the town who like swear the good character of the people who were accused." And they're like, "All right, mm-hmm. we're gonna go hunt these people down and bring them in for questioning." And he's like, "No, no, 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 no! I told them that they would be safe, and they're like sex to suck." No one's safe. Yeah. Giles has he's a very specific case. He says that 
Um, he's claiming that these people are being accused because of like old grievances over land, um, over property, over like deals gone bad and stuff like that. He's, I don't know, he has one specific land case that he was trying to testify on. And they're like, um, we'll do that if you like tell us who told you that. And he's like, nah, I already saw how this is going. Nah. Um, so he's out. And then Proctor is like, okay, so Mary, I have Mary here who he like at every point he like cajoles her physically into like talking, um, and speaks for her all the time. And I'm like, I'm sick of this. Um, he's forcing her to come forward to like claim that they were making it up the whole time. Like all the girls are just, they're throwing their like accusations around willy nilly. Um, so they kind of question her. Um, at first he was hesitant and Elizabeth got mad at him. Um, he was like, it's a weighty decision. And she's like, you're still like, you are afraid of hurting her. And he's like, then that's like the whole, their whole fight started. So he like comes out with it here. Um, everybody's like, oh, no, John, you? And he's like, yes. So then um, the magistrate's suspicious because he's like, well, maybe you're saying this just to discredit the girls. So then he forces everybody, he keeps everybody in the room, but forces them to look at the wall. <laughs> um, and then brings Elizabeth in and asks her, did your husband sleep with Abby? And she says, no. Um, and John's like, oh, God. And she's like, oh, God. So yeah. that, yeah, that that's out the window. They don't believe him anymore. Um, then they bring the girls in and they <laughs> tell her, they tell them, again, with Mary in front of them, because nobody in this town can, like, be in a different room for two seconds. Um, they say, hey, look, Mary's told us that you guys are making it up. What do you guys got to say about that? And then they start seeing Mary's spirit in the raptors trying to attack them. So then they start mimicking Mary. <laughs> um, and they're like, she's a witch. She's attacking us. Uh, there's all this yelling. And so then Mary flips and she's like, um, John, maybe do it. John's with the devil. He's like making me say all these things. And so that's that. That's the end of the mm -hmm. act. Like, it's just all gone to hell. Um, act four. So... Things have evolved, right? Okay, so half the town is in this jail. Um, cows are running everywhere. Nobody knows who owns anything anymore. And, like, kids don't have their parents. So it's absolute chaos. Paris is worried because similar things have been happening in Andover, way over the hill. Uh, mm. And they had a rebellion. And, like, there's a lot of violence. And he's had a death threat. Like, someone left a knife on his doorstep. And he's like, oh, God, me? Um, so he and he's worried because these people are, like, on trial. He's worried that if they don't confess and if they like get killed, they'll be martyrs and that the townspeople will be incited to more violence and like destroy everything and he'll die and everything. So mm. his only hope is to get John Proctor to confess and like recant and say, yes, I was a witch and whatnot. And he talks to Elizabeth and he and Elizabeth have a little heart to heart. Elizabeth essentially like, I can't tell you what to do. And John's like, I want to live. And she's like, whatever you want to do. Uh, and I guess that's. I guess they're resolved. They're She's happy. like, you already kind of fucked me over, so whatever. Whatever. So he, like, they're ready. They're, like, really rushing him to, like, sign his um, confession. And he backs out at the last second. He's, he's like, I thought, you know, I just said it. I just said I was a witch. Isn't that enough? And they're like, no, we got to put it in writing and blast it on all over the town. Um, and that's too much for him. He rips it up and he goes to die. And okay. Elizabeth's like, wow, he found his goodness after all. And <laughs> that's the end of the play. Um, also, there's a little epilogue that explains that, like, um, kind of, like, how it all wrapped up. And Elizabeth married again four years later. Abby, in Act 4, had stolen Paris's money, like, all of his money, and fled the freaking country and sailed on a boat back to England. Um, so she popped up in England later as a prostitute. Um, and then uh, Miller also... As a prostitute, whatever. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Um, and then um, Miller also includes like, a little deleted scene. It's this like act two scene two that didn't make it into the play of like Abby and John Proctor meeting at night. And he's like, I'm going to go in tomorrow and like I'm going to expose us. And she's like, no, you won't. You love me. And he's like, yes, I will. 
And she's like, but you won't. And like, that's it. I don't know. Like, wow, wow. that's it? That was barely anything. That definitely wasn't right. a It's whole... a complicated play. and It's over. Ugh. Okay, first of all, biggest confession. Yeah. Uh, I listened to this about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks, so sure. I don't really remember a lot about That's okay. It. <laughs> but uh, there were so many characters, I got real confused. But most of them, it's just like the town. Yeah. So well, I'm going to end it there because then later on I'll go speak to you whether I think it aids or mm-hmm. hinders the play. But... We're in unanswered questions. We kind of forgot to do this in the beginning, but it still <clears throat> applies here. Did you read this in school, or have you ever read this? I did, uh, and I didn't like it then, and I hate it now. <laughs> when when did you read um, it? Um, it was my junior year, so that would have been like AP language. I don't know. It was um, AP Lang Lang probably. probably. Um, yeah, I I remember being like, this is boring. Uh, but this time I was like, this is the scum of the earth. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so I read, I have not read this play, but when I was in seventh grade <laughs> and my friend took drama class, I didn't take drama class because I was taking orchestra and at the middle school that I went to, you could choose one elective. Yeah. One, you get one little bit exp- of fun during the day. Uh, yeah. One bit of fun. And you could either be in choir, band, orchestra, or drama. And unfortunately, Dang. you know, you know how the clicks go. Oh, so, yeah. but I remember my friend had was in drama class and had to perform a scene and it was from the crucible and there's a line and I was listening to it and I was like, oh my gosh, I remember, this is unlocking a core memory. <laughs> but there's a part when um, uh, John Proctor is talking to Elizabeth and he's like, I may have looked up and he's like talking about up at the window, but we... My friend and I always made this joke because we were in middle school and we were like, I may have looked up her dress and we just thought that was the funniest thing, even though that was like super perverted. Oh but... my God. So that's my... twisted soul. I know. I'm so bad. But so that's my history with this book. Yeah. Um, but I will also ask you, do you know the Ten Commandments? Like, did you know the Ten Commandments? Or do you know them? Can you say them off the top of your head? No! Name as many as you can. Go. On your fingers. Um, Honor thy mother and father. You can't, I think you can't lie, steal, or murder people. Um, I think you can't, you can't worship other gods. Um, uh, uh, Adultery. Um, um, Sure. um, uh, That's six. Assuming they're actually commandments. Um, I'm like sweating. I'm like, oh my god, I'm a sinner. You're like, oh! <laughs> um, um, You're on trial. I am. I'm on trial for witchery, actually. Um, okay, okay, okay. Give me a second. Give me a second. You challenged me. I'm going to try my best. It's all good. I don't know them either, and I'm so I'm not going to look them up and check you yet, because then I'll also, you know... Okay. It's only fair that I also try and list it. But I will say, I... Even though I didn't get my drama fix from school, mm-hmm. I went to a church drama camp and there was a song about the Ten Commandments. So we'll see if I remember the lyrics to that. Yeah, in the song it goes, your father and mother must be honored. Never take the life of another. So that's... You said the Lord's name in vain. Yeah, and that, the other one was like, never take the Lord's name in vain. That's seven. Um, I don't know if this is stealing, but to covet your neighbor, oh. like envy. So I think that's one. So we're at eight. Um, 
Let's just think of other ones that you... Okay, yeah, other ones I think should be in there. Um, Thou yeah. should not... Um, uh, well, what are the other... What are the seven deadly sins? Pride, lust, gluttony... And pride and gluttony. Uh, is there one... Is there... Jealousy. Is there, anger. Is there... Uh, I was like, is there a Ten Commandment about being fat? My God. Does the Bible fat shame? Hmm, that's the question. Probably. Okay, I, I'm gonna look it up, all right? Are you ready? Okay. Okay. So, no false idols, or you shall have no gods before yes. me. We got that one. Thou shall not make unto thee any graven images. What the hell? <laughs> what does that mean? What the hell? Okay. Hold on. Can you... you shall make... Oh, I guess it's both. So, I guess there's two commandments, and they're both... You shall have no other gods before me, and you shall make no idols. Okay, well, that's two. I got them both. That seems I'm, like the... I'm yeah. taking both points for that. <laughs> You shan't take the name. You shan't take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Oh yeah, it's like keep Sabbath. We, who could forget? Ugh. Um, and I break that like every day. I work on Sundays. So I was like, how can you I do it every day? <laughs> I what, you know what I mean. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 I do. Honor I do, I do. your father and mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. So I guess that's lying. lying. Wow, they're really doing that real bad in this one. <laughs> And then you shall not covet. All right. Shall not covet. Which is... Well, that's pretty crazy. hard. <laughs> yeah, some of these, I'm like, really? Really? I'm not allowed to be envious? Well, Listen, we I'm really not going to kill anyone. Can't lie? Can't? Can't, really? I think I can. Mm. And I will. Exactly. I'm lying right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so Ellie's broken all Ten Commandments today, basically. Mm-hmm. Um... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I, I squished an ant. I forgot I. Well, I wasn't necessarily bowing to a golden cow, but there was a golden cow statue, and I bent over and tied my shoe. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That counts. That counts. I guess. I guess I ate a mooncake today, so I honored the moon goddess. <gasps> mm. Whoopsie. My bad. I'm a sinner too. I'm still sweating too. So. Yes. Okay. Uh, sweating like a sinner in church. Um. Basically, all my questions, I really don't have, like, articulate, thoughtful ones. They're all just like, what the fuck? Um, how believable yeah. is this? Because, like, these girls have the town wrapped around their fingers. Like, they are, they take their word as absolute. And, like, even, like, one of the judge or magistrates or people, there's too many characters involved. Mm -hmm. Like, one of the government guys is like, well, in the case of, like, because, like, John Parker's like, why aren't you taking, like, hard physical, like, concrete evidence into account? And the the man is like well in cases of the supernatural um you can't trust the accuser's word you can only trust the victim's word so we're trusting the victim's word and it's like what world are we living in <laughs> this play is sending out all the wrong messages for me and i'll get more into this in the takeaways and judgments but it's this play is saying don't believe the women <laughs> and i don't appreciate that at all <laughs> well that was my other okay another question i had is do you think miller wanted us to like Proctor, or is it supposed? Yeah, I hate that. Proctor's the fucking hero of the story. It, it's awful because he's a terrible. I know. Person. Well, Doesn't especially towards in Act Four when they're just like, he dies, a martyr or whatever. Yeah. Like he's still the worst person, but he's. But Elizabeth is like, I forgive him. I'm like, no, you don't have She's to. She's like, he's found his goodness. He's finally found his fucking spine, apparently. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not what we mm -mm. should take away here. It's like. It's that, like, children are evil and manipulative is what he's trying to say. 
<laughs> it's just, it's such a twisted book. If this is an allegory for McCarthyism. Yeah. It's all about like pointing fingers yeah. and neighbors and everything. But it's like, it's just showing you that you can't trust anyone. Exactly. Everyone's, <laughs> and everyone's selfish and horrible. Yeah. Because he, or he goes, um, he really drives the point home both in character and also in the narration. Because again, he inserts all of this history into the book in between the lines. So if you're watching the play, you're not getting this fucking history. I don't get mm-hmm. it. Um, he says like, oh, the Putnams are hated because they are greedy and they've been buying up land. Like whether, like no, be- what, no means necessary. No, what is it? Like at any cost. No, oh, by, a- by, by any means necessary. Yeah. By any means necessary. Um, Rebecca Nurse, she's like, yeah, she's super, she's super fucking old and like wise and stuff. But people think she's actually really pretentious, and they resent that she looks down upon them. Paris, um, I hated Paris like a lot, but he, they were like, they don't like Paris because he um, preaches about exclusively about hell in his sermons. Uh, so he goes out of his way to show how flawed they are and how they all secretly like hate each other. Um, and so it does make sense that like, but they are their own villains, you know, like they're the yeah. ones like throwing each other under the fucking bus and they're like oh if this person is arrested and hanged for being a witch i can take their freaking land <laughs> it's just people being bitches to each other yeah and i mean i guess in that <clears throat> i don't know again it's all an allegory for mccarthyism yeah. so and it's trying to show you that like it what it says it in the goodreads thing it was a mm-hmm. horrible dark time when yeah. people were just motivated by greed yes that like but honey when is that not us? You know, mm-hmm. when am I not motivated by greed? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just like, if that is the point of that, like, oh, this is McCarthyism. So this is the people throwing their neighbors under. I want to, I got to think of something else other than throwing them under the bus. Um, throwing them to the wolves. Mm. If it's about how the neighbors throwing each other to the wolves are like the people of McCarthyism, which I've, listen, I'm not a history major, but who are like, you know, trying to accuse each other of communism and trying to get each other blacklisted and arrested and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. out of greed, then, like, who's John Proctor? <laughs> like, what's the answer in all this is what I'm tr- I was trying to try to say. Because what? John Proctor, like, quote-unquote... I'm heavy quotes for the listener, in case you yeah. didn't get the sense that I don't like John Proctor. Um, he is the hero because at the very end, he decides, um, oh, I will lie and forsake my name and my integrity and yada, 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 just to live. But then at the very end, he's like, no, actually, just kidding. I'm going to go down and die. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like maybe you could make the argument that Arthur Miller was like, oh, John Proctor is supposed to be us because although we sin, we Mm -hmm. still have goodness inside of us or something. Yeah. But if like that's something where if that's the end message, you got to show that in the beginning. Yeah. If John Proctor is the adulterer, fine. Yes. Again, he sinned. But like in nowhere in the Play, do I think he's ever remorseful? No, because I think he's just mad that he got caught every single time, and he's just like, "Haven't I done enough? Oh, come on, yeah. I'm really sorry." And I'm like, "No, you're not winning me over." Right, and it's at no point does he ever own up that like this is his fault. <laughs> like, um, like at, okay, so with the witch trials and stuff, like Abby is shown to be like the conniving driving force. And granted, yeah, she does a lot of manipulative stuff. She throws all her friends. Um, she controls all her friends. She bullies everybody else. She. Gets very, mm-hmm. very, like, she gets a lot of people killed um, as a result of these actions. Um, it was all. Why are you trying to get me to hate a woman? <laughs> it was all to get back at John and Elizabeth. Like, she was kind of taking revenge on both of them. Um, mm-hmm. And John, like, doesn't own up to that. Like, he doesn't, mm-hmm. never acknowledges, he never acknowledges the harm he did to Abby. 
And again, once again, 17. Very impressionable mm-hmm. and very young. Because even like he talks to Elizabeth and Elizabeth is like, she thinks that you're going to be with her forever. Like you made her a promise. Like she's emotionally invested in this and she thinks that yeah. you are too. And he's like, no, I didn't. And she's like, yes, you did. She's like, that's because she's young and like, this is what you did to her. You should, yeah, that's what you get for getting involved. Yeah. When he tries to come clean about like their like the affair and stuff, it's not like to make reparations to Abby. It's to like get mm-hmm. what he wants, which is to get his freaking wife out and like get all these people freed. Which I like. Listen, I get they're trying to get us to hate Abby because that's like, like that is what you want. Um, but he like he just calls her a whore. He calls her like horrible things. It's like she is a victim here. Yeah, not my protagonist. No, you know, no. Other than that, I mean, it's just, there is a lot of questions, like, I'm just like, do y'all are really believe in this? Like, y'all are really, okay. Like, Mary literally said, I made that doll. I stuck the pin in the doll. And then I gave it to Elizabeth. And they're still like, Elizabeth's a witch. Similar to what it sounds like in McCarthyism, but then you also see it in The Giver, like, these dystopian mm-hmm. Things and also in 1984, it's like it, it starts out as like a legislative piece or what political, mm-hmm. and then you see, yeah, all these ulterior motives to like keep people in line or to get what you want. Mm-hmm. So, like, sure, with 1984, when it was like, oh, you know, report your neighbor or yeah. your family or your family unit or whatever if they're misbehaving, that was even just the threat of it was enough mm-hmm. to like. For people to use to their advantage. Sure. So then when there's there's moments where it's like that woman who's like, yeah, no, I, like, this is not a voodoo doll or mm-hmm. a pushpin baby or whatever sure. the fuck it was called. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, you know, they don't, they don't want to, they can't handle the truth. Like, they, <laughs> they're not there for the truth. They're yeah. just there to see it through. And sure. so from the very beginning, it kind of seemed like a hopeless cause. And that's why I was also, like, not that interested. Yeah. Because it, it, with the telling of the story, it was like our protagonists or any of our any of our characters are losing, losing, losing. They lose every step of the way, yeah. and there's never ever a slight win mm-hmm. to like make me like stay engaged. I'm just like, oh, so I'm watching all. I'm just watching. Like I know what the end is, and I know mm-hmm. it's not going to change. Yeah, which I guess maybe that's the point. Maybe they want us to watch a tragedy. Yeah, I guess so. Not quite sure. I don't. I don't know what about Arthur Miller judge away yeah so john proctor is not a good hero um never takes a fucking accountability as a man as a person as a perpetrator of sexual abuse um nope no he's trash and um abby never gets reparations she again she did a lot of harm but she is also a victim here and i don't think that anybody gives a hoot in this book about that um Elizabeth, I don't know what you're talking about half the time. Too many yeah. characters. Um, I'm trying to think. What were the takeaways in this book about like that we learned in school? I remember. I remember acting out scenes. I remember discussing what McCarthyism was. Um, I'm sure. I feel like it's the fact that it's like, oh, it's an allegory for yeah, McCarthyism and/or related to communism. They're just like that's less than enough. Yeah. Pretty heavy-handed. Just like. Actually, yeah. Say no to communism. I think that you're right. It was definitely a way to learn about what allegories were. There was another one, uh, another allegory. It was a short story that we read at the same time. I forget what it was, but it some guy's yelling, oh, I lost my faith, which is his wife, but it's like, we know what you meant. Um, 
I think a good takeaway would be theoretically to compare it to the Scarlet Letter if you want it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which also takes place during the Britannical times, whatever that time was. Um, also in Massachusetts, I'm pretty sure. Be, and mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting to draw parallels between the society and like law versus religion because in both of them, it's very much like people's opinions about you, like whatever they think about you is true. And that's what everybody is going to operate on. Um, and whatever like the church says is true is law. And like there's very much like the um, alignment between morality and law um, and legality and stuff like that uh, could be interesting. And then, of course, Scarlet. Okay, so like, yeah, the Scarlet Letter was written in the 1800s. What was, you know, like, what was Hawthorne's purpose versus, what's his face? I always want to call him McCarthy. Um, versus no, no. Miller's purpose in this time period and how are they used it differently? I think this could be good yeah. essay questions, personally. Yeah, I think those would be, and I was about to ask you, even though we're out of unanswered questions, I think, yeah, what is, if this is an allegory, mm-hmm. why set it in why I said it during the Salem witch trials because because what I don't understand is like dude the Salem witch trials is inherently like feminist it's like about women yeah so why are you using this when again if it's an allegory if you're talking about McCarthyism why not just write about McCarthyism or why not write Mm -hmm. a dystopian yeah or whatever but why go back in the past and take this thing that like is women and then like make make us hate all women yeah and then make your horrible male protagonist like why do that who's like i'm victimized by women all the time um he i think part of it is i think the absurdity that they believe this is witchcraft and that they are believing in this unseen thing and taking all of this like hearsay evidence i think part of that plays into it that like he's trying to um, draw this care it's kind of a character caricature you know of mm-hmm. this time period where it's like look how stupid these people were being and how irrational they were and how like what they're acting like in the McCarthy area era and now if I may I I'm not gonna lie I just went straight to the uh, okay the reviews right. on Goodreads okay but go. someone wrote and they said Miller brought up the very real issues of property and land lust that dominated the real trial uh, but why did he insist on sexualizing the girls involved to the to the point where he had to make one of the girls several years older than she really yeah. was. The terrifying thing about what the real, quote-unquote, afflicted girls did was that it comes across as a sort of motiveless malignity. They were lashing out of yeah. at their own repressive society, possibly egged on by parents who wanted to use them as weapons in battles over land. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So, like, yeah, I think... He's using that, and there's already this rich history, but he doesn't do that. And then it says, instead, Miller decided to say that the girls really were engaged in quote-unquote witchcraft, or at least in stereotypical behavior, dancing naked in the woods at night, concocting evil brews. He doesn't seem to realize that these quote-unquote accounts are all from accusers or from the tortured accused. He really seems to believe that this went on. But that's all to say, yeah, why are you working on top of this, but like totally ignoring it? Yeah, I forgot that like Abby is he aged her up, and I think to, I pretty probably to create this like storyline of how um, he had this affair with Abby, and that like Abby was motivated by like um, envy and revenge because um, she her, like she was trying to get this like ritual to like she was trying to drink blood to kill Elizabeth and stuff, and it's like yikes. But also like Miller added that in, <laughs> mm-hmm. like no these girls as you mentioned like these girls are victims and like they were definitely like um, it sounds like they were. Um, being used by the adults in their society and they were being exploited. It's ugh. it's one thing to see this now and then you could say like, well, 
you know, he added this element, so maybe he was trying to say that, but you know that he's not. Like, it yeah. was all done pretty unintentionally, pretty carelessly. Yeah. And so now you're looking back on it and you're like, how can you not understand that you're also talking about feminism? And like, and that's... Yeah. I mean, you are. Forget McCarthyism. You're talking about whatever. Yeah. I do want to say that Giles Corey is the best character. Um, he was and is. Even though he's hated by all. Even though, yeah, he, I don't really know. But okay, because he... So later on, after his little deposition or injunction or his little paper... Um, he's like arrested, but they can't charge him with witchcraft because he just like never answers the question or whatever. So they can't hang him, but they apparently they can just put rocks on top of his body until he says something. Um, his last words were more weight. And it's like, okay, well, listen, <laughs> that's a badass move. That's a, this isn't the bad bitch genre for that. So yeah, I do not have a high opinion of this book um, as an adaptation or as a piece of drama <laughs> yeah give me a give me a rating out of 10 oh it's a there. it's a one and i'm in, in the sense that like zero doesn't exist like it's got to be a one through ten. Oh dang it's like yeah it is the lowest of the low yeah i think you, you gotta cut some of these fucking characters or give them space to breathe like i think it just it's just so busy yeah um i'll go with the two okay like, there were a little juicy bits that you know mm -hmm. i could get on board with listening to it it was kind of cool to see them lean it. Like, they did a cool thing with the audio where yeah. it was whispering, but it also sounded like crying and you couldn't really tell. Mm. But I think that is more of like a, that's more of a directional take of like the yeah. sound designer and the director of the play and not the playwright yeah. coming in and like putting a spin on it. But yeah, I mean. Also, like half of this book is not the play. Like there's a bunch of other pages mm -hmm. in here that I just skipped over. <laughs> yeah, I was listening to it and then. It was just like this huge chunk and I was like, this is all background information. Yeah, it's all forward and background information. And then he still puts more background information in the play. <laughs> just like that one, just like in the Scarlet Letter when they're just like, here's a house. Oh my and God. And the house is a guy. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and now the story. So the story doesn't change at all if you don't take if you take out that first guy. Oh my I guess God. if you're ever going to write about the Britannical era, you have to have yeah. a story within a story, too many characters, a horrible... <laughs> And no rights for women. Yeah, that, exactly. Those are the rules. I was going to say, men, Them's the rules. men who are bad. I, re I really came into this pod being like, okay, don't tear it to pieces right away. Wait a little bit. But wait. Just to fucking wait. Um, I have no respect for John Proctor. <laughs> Not that nope. he's a real person or would care. Uh, I just don't. Well, actually, I mean, but he is a real person. I forgot about that. About Okay, Arthur Miller's John Proctor. Don't, for, don't care for him. You're like, I won't slander the real man, even though he's also dead. And yeah. Also, probably did act that way. Listen. Like I don't I said, listen. We don't know. The women didn't have rights back then. <laughs> the women barely have rights now, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. I was also thinking this is another example of like me being so into and like heated about the book. And you're like, I think you're also, he, I think you're also like into it, but you're like, yeah, go off, do it. I think it's because I went, it's been so long since I've read it that I'm just like, at the time, I was angry. Yeah. Hold on. <clears throat> I'm still eating people. Um, You're still eating people? <laughs> <laughs> my little confession. Oh, my God. I'm still eating, comma, people. Okay. Um, 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 um. <sighs> yeah, I remember reading or listening to it, and I was up at the land. I was in the mountains. Yeah. And I was just like, why? I was, like, angry, and I was like, why am I listening to this? Yeah. I don't want to do this anymore. But now t enough time has passed. And I'm just like, 
yeah, that was a horrible time and I'm never going to look back. Yeah. Listeners, I did, I did text Ellie during my reading and just as like, I hate John Proctor. And I really wanted to like go off, but I was like, no, I got to save it up. I got to save my I got to stuff it down and let it explode all over this podcast. Okay, but you did ratings already. Did we do recommendations? Yeah, books that we actually would recommend yeah. instead of this. I have two. I have one, thank God. Great. I mean, thank I'll the... Thank the God. I don't know what I think. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, you're not taking his name in vain. Okay, so okay. I guess it is like... Yes, I don't know the thank rules, the Holy Father. obviously. Thank you, Father. Um, okay, so my first one is a nonfiction book called Witches, Sluts, Feminists by Kristen mm. J. Soleil. Um, it's about the Salem witch trials and also just like that whole... Mm. And paganism and all that. But it's not an allegory. It's actually just talking about women's history and, you know. It's about witches, sluts, and feminists. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. Um, the second one I'm recommending is another play called The Humans by Stephen Karam. It is both a play... I haven't ever seen it produced, but I read it, and then I watched the movie. And it is, like, my new favorite mm. movie and play. It went, like, reading it on the page was amazing and so good and so sad. Whoa. And also, I feel like if I <clears throat> if I give any more information of how they connect, I would be kind of spoiling it. So okay. I'm not going to. All right. Interesting. Um... I'm going to recommend Undead Girl Gang by Lily Anderson, which is a YA book. It's about um, a girl and her best friend, and the best friend has died, but they're both into witchy stuff, so she tries to, like, conjure her mm. from the dead, and it's a mystery and stuff, but it's all, it's just, it's very much about grief, um, clearly, but it's also just a fun... That sounds sad. It is a very heartfelt, like, YA adventure. And then I was also going to recommend Black Water Sister by Zen Cho, um, content warning for sexual assault. Um, that is about a young adult, like a like a new adult, young adult type person, <coughs> like in their twenties, you know, um, mm-hmm. who's moving back to Malaysia, like with her parents, like they're all moving back together. Um, and she it turns out she's actually a medium, so her grandma starts talking to her, and there's this like spiritual mystery she's got to solve. So, um, tangentially related, but like also very interesting. I would recommend that. And what are you currently reading? I know you mentioned earlier that you had one book to sort of or what are you currently reading and what have you read right, last right, right. time Both. um currently reading the um animorphs the envision by k.a applegate i will also say i Same. am reading a master of gin by p the jelly clark um who again i've we've talked about him in the last pod i mm-hmm. love his work and his novellas and stuff um very excited is this about a that. new one or uh it was released like last year like two years okay. or so Actually, I forget, but like okay. recently, it's actually recently, okay. um, it's part of so some of his novellas also take place in the same universe. So the main character has been seen in the previous novellas, uh, but mm-hmm. it's his first full like novel set in that universe. And the universe is um, what if like this guy um, or opened the door between our world and the world of Jin and creatures and um, stuff like that. So then Cairo becomes a world power uh, alongside like London and all these other places, so, like mm-hmm. with magic and with all this like stuff going on. It's pretty interesting. So the stories all take place in the 1900s. And, like, America is, like, doing its thing. <laughs> um, We're just over there. It's, like, so, yeah, it's, like, alternate fantasy history. I love it. Since last time, I have finished more than one book, actually, which Boom. is amazing. Um, I read The Black God's Drums by P. DeJoy Clark, a novella that is not in that universe, and Blackwater's Sister by Zen Shaw. <laughs> wow. It's pretty cool. 
what have you I'm, what are you currently reading and what have you been reading uh also reading animorphs um it's school has started so i have put two textbooks on my reading list because oh, well, i have we're to doing read them, that so i'm reading well. probability models by <laughs> something something moss ross boom ross See? or moss i don't forget his name i'm gonna count it yeah. uh i'm also reading producer to producer for a producing class by maureen ryan i'm reading isc film history by Kristen thomas because i'm taking a film history class and then <laughs> i am listening to mommies in the morning <laughs> third book in the magic tree house series yay because because i will tell you now um i am we're you know we got like three full months left of the year and i am at 68 books read and i gotta fly through them so we are turning to the kids books now yes so since last time also it will be my my list may be long, but the books are short <laughs> because I listened to um, Dinosaurs Before Dark and uh, The Night at Dawn, which are Magic Treehouse books one and two. Mm, mm. And I'm honestly just going to listen to like the 16 and be Yay. like, great, because they're like, they're like 20 minutes long. So yeah. it's amazing. Um, other things... I finished reading Blood on the Books or The Powell's Play, which took me forever, but I did finish. Uh, I also finished The Haunting of Tram Car 015 mm. by P. DeJelly Clark. I listened to A Load of Hooey by Bob Odenkirk. I would recommend that one. I listened to Several People Are Typing by Calvin Kasolk. I would recommend that. I, li- I read a graphic comic called Chew by John Lehman. It's volume one, Taster's Choice. I haven't read any other volumes, but I want to, and I would recommend that. I listened, I read Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric LaRocca. I would definitely recommend that. It's a horror book, and it's really short. It's like a novella, I think. It's really good, but it's also really graphic, so content warning on that. Um, I listened to A House at the Bottom of a Lake by Josh Mallerman. Guru by RuPaul. Um, Mr. Burns, A Post-Electric Play by Anne Washburn. Uh, Charles Francis Chan Jr.'s Exotic Oriental Murder Mystery by Lloyd Sue. Dear Elizabeth by Sarah Rule. Remote Control by... Mm, I will mess this one up. Nettie Okorafor. Mm-hmm. Happy Go Lucky by David Sedaris. Uh, The Humans, which of course I recommend 100%. Uh, the Girls I've Been by Tess Sharp. Mm. Nerd Do Well by Simon Pegg. How to Pronounce Knife by, and I know I'm going to pronounce this one wrong, uh, Sue Van Cam Tamavangsa. Uh, Whereabouts by Jhumpa Lahiri. Mm. And The Clothing of Books, also by Jhumpa Lahiri. And Ooh. now I'm done. All right. Wow. Yeah, I, uh, I'm a student as well, but my degree does not involve reading and writing that stuff. Um involves numbers um okay so that brings us to the end of this episode i'm gonna start us off with our usual spiel um you can always go to our pinecast website um link to the show notes which has a whole back catalog and also links to our bookshop affiliate mm-hmm. page am i doing this right <laughs> yeah no that's good okay we great. have a back catalog we have a bookshop yeah Very true 
I'll explain, I'll explain what the bookshop affiliate link is. So bookshop.org is a website where you can buy books online, um, but your purchases support independent bookstores instead of Amazon. So that's pretty cool. When you use our affiliate, yeah. I feel our affiliate link, you, we, uh, we, <laughs> we, we also get a commission from your purchases. So you can go ahead and uh, slide us a little smooth, little 10% with your purchase when you use that. Uh, what are some other ways to contact us besides through commissions? <laughs> contact us through commissions. Through Send us a money. $10 bill with a letter on it. Yeah. With your whole life story on it. Um, you can also contact us via email or Twitter. We have an email, which is readingnotreading at gmail.com, spelled R-E-A-D-I-N-G-N-O-T-R-E-A-D-I-N-G at gmail.com. Sounds right to me. Our Twitter is at, re- at readnotreadpod. <laughs> I was like, oop, don't want to say it. Don't want to get sued. Um, spell that R-E-A-D-N-O-T-R-E-A-D-P-O-D. Yeah. Boom. Mm. And you can contact us that way. And that brings us to the actual end end. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure. It's also been a whirlwind because, like we both mentioned, we both started school in the fall again. And... Yeah, but now it's uh, it's mid autumn festival, so go and we can go howl at the moon all we want and not be accused of witchery. Maybe. Thank goodness. No, I, well, no, listen, no, I'm in. I'm kind of close to the south. They could be I was, coming for well, me. Well, listen, they can accuse me, but they. Mm-hmm. But they won't take me down. I'm I'm a full <laughs> of Giles, and I'll say more weight. Yeah, and they'll be like, "What are you talking about?" And you'll be like, it, it, "It's it's not the Miller quote, actually." Um, yeah, and then I'll die. <clears throat> yeah. So, this is where we're at right now. That's where you could be, too. <laughs> <laughs> you could be here with us, too. Yeah. Um, we will see you next month uh, when we have read The Picture of Dorian Gray by Oscar Wilde, the actual spooky book for spooky times. Sure to be crazy. <laughs> sure to be spooky. Sure to be wild. 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 Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. At first I was like, I was like, Laura, did you lose your voice? You're whispering, but you were trying to get me to say it. Yeah, My bad. I wanted us to be on the same wavelength again, but whatever. Uh, bye. Bye. Bye.